I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. Uh, we got to apologize to everybody this week. I know um, I actually spoke to a couple of uh, different listeners of the show that were excited about the, the wizard commentary, but something came up last minute and we weren't able to do it today. So we won't be able to get it before Christmas, but it will, and we promise, we we promise this is happening. Uh, it's going to come out, as soon as we do it, we're, we'll release it. So we may get to release it the day that we do it. Uh, we're going to be able to do it on Wednesday, the, what would the date of that be? Sorry, let the me 28th. My, yeah, the 28th. Wednesday, the 28th, it will be out because we get to actually do it that day. We had to reschedule. Yeah, had some, uh, you know, it's the holidays, so plans can get a little crazy. So, but we'll, uh, we're still going to do it, and I'm, I'm very excited for it. So uh, we'll get that out next week, and um, for this week, actually, Derek's going to be uh, reviewing a, a game a little bit later that actually fits right in with uh, something really big that happened this weekend, and uh, we'll reveal that in just a bit, which you probably know since you read the uh, the title of the show. So it's, uh, it's Star Wars. Super Star Wars. Yeah, a little little known movie called Rogue One came out this past week and Yeah. It it, it, it this review has to be Star Wars. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, it's a little known movie franchise. Not a lot of people know about it. It's some it's about some farm kid or something. Uh, uh it's about some kind of mystical power. I I don't know. It sounds pretty dumb to me. You know, apparently the they were leaking like the poster and the the actual movie itself for the Rogue One sequel. Yeah, and I I I'm absolutely like shocked and offended that people have no respect for filmmakers. 
Yeah, I actually took uh, my really old VHS tape of uh, A New Hope, which this was back before it was called A New Hope. It was still branded as Star Wars and put it on my Instagram the other day and said, look, I found the uh, bootleg copy of Rogue 2 I'll be watching tonight. Did you find that at the flea market while you were looking for retro games? Actually, no. I got it a few years ago. <laughs> um, I, so a guy that I worked with um, was cleaning his house out and was just like, hey, I got a big box of VHS. Do you want to look through them and see if there's anything you want? I was like, yeah, I'll take a look through it. So um, he brought the box up to work. First thing I saw was Star Wars, that original VHS tape. I was like, oh, I think I'll take this one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Couldn't not not take that one. That one's got to be worth something. No, absolutely. And I saw the Instagram picture. That that was that was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> but and uh, I I will say that uh, if my voice does sound a little different, I do apologize. <laughs> the weather here has been awful today, yes. and it's causing my sinuses to uh, to act all crazy and everything. So if I sound a little nasally, I apologize for that. Yeah, it's rainy, it's awful, it's cold, but let's trudge on with some video, uh, retro video game news. This comes to us from RetroGamer.net. There's a new one-on-one -on -one fighting game coming to the SNES, and there's some serious retro development pedigree behind it. Foxbat Company Limited is a team of former SNK developers with credits on some of the company's many famous fighting games, including Art of Fighting, Samurai Showdown, The Last Blade, Kazuna Encounter, and iterations of the King of Fighters series, including 98, 2001, and 2002. Unholy Night, the Darkness Hunter, takes on a supernatural theme with heavy anime overtones, looking somewhat like Darkstalkers by way of Blaz Blue, and will be released in 2017. Uh, let's see. The game is set to be released on a huge 32 megabit cartridge, and the version displayed at the show let's, what was the uh, retro uh, gaming event in Hong Kong. Uh, this version displayed at the show currently features six characters, each with three special moves and a super move. So we're getting a new SNES game. I want to say on the last show we mentioned there was a new Genesis game. Two, that was actually. being made, and, and now that we're seeing uh, a new SNES game, how cool is it that systems that are over 20 years old, games are still being made for it? Well, honestly, I think we could start seeing, I, I mean, this is definitely going to be a trend in the future. I don't think it would be that expensive to create old cartridge-style games. I mean, how expensive can it possibly be to do that? Um, especially if you have games like Super Meat Boy. How awesome would it be to get Super Meat Boy on, on the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis? Super Meat Boy is a game that would fit, it would have fit right in with that SNES era. Oh yeah, you could get games like, um, oh man, uh, there's so many, like, two, like 2D side-scrollers, like Shovel Knight, things like that. Oh, uh, have you ever played Shovel Knight? Oh yeah, I've got it on my Steam library. It's so good. But yeah, I love that game. Games it's like so that good. would be perfect to to release as an SNES cartridge. I would love to just I'd love to have one to add to because I have like a a shelf with collection of like pop figures and other nerd memorabilia that I have. Having something like that would be an awesome addition to that. Oh, absolutely. I I really do hope this is a trend going forward in the future because 
I mean, as long as these video game consoles still work, you can still make cartridges for it, and it can't be that expensive. I mean, it was, all it is is just a, it's a microchip. No, absolutely. Now, the, the technology, I think, has advanced so far since yeah. then that to make something that was made in the mid to late 90s, it, it's, it's got to be you know, fairly simple to do, I think, compared to, you know, games now. Yeah. Well, I hope it's a trend going forward because this is I, I get excited when I read news news stories like this. Actually, uh, let me look it up real quick. I had something on my Twitter the other day that uh, I retweeted on the Nerd Cave Retro um, Twitter page. Uh, there was a brand new um, NES game that came out, uh, a company that did a Kickstarter not too long ago. Uh, hold on. I have it here in just one second. Uh, look up uh, at... At Retrotainment HQ, uh, they have an all-new original NES game called Haunted Colon Halloween 86, The Curse of Possum Hollow, now available on cartridge at cashinculture.com. I am going to buy me a copy of this because who doesn't want a brand new NES game? I just love the title. Yeah. That sounds it's, so awesome. It's it sounds so, so 80s. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. Um, and coming up for our next story, uh, this is actually I've been hearing a lot about this on a couple of different podcasts, but there's actually insurance companies uh, that are taking a look at <clears throat> retro games and gaming. And this article also comes from RetroGamer.net. Uh, this following post has been written by Co-op Insurance. Uh, many of us would rather play out our treasured games over and over again for the pure enjoyment that gaming brings, but there are a few of us who recognize the potential investment that buying a game could be. Fortunately, Co-op Insurance has taken a look into the value of vintage games, consoles, and toys to see how much you could make or have made by selling them at today's value. It might provide you with some tips on which games you should play until they are completely worn out or take care of and possibly sell down the line. When it comes to consoles, it largely will depend on the console. In many cases, for now, you're probably better off continuing to use and enjoy playing them. Uh, and it goes on to say things like how much a Game Boy Color uh, kept in mint condition would be worth, uh, all the way to like uh, Atari's Pong machine back in the 70s. But um, a lot of these things are becoming more and more expensive, especially some of the rarer games. So you can actually get insurance companies to insure your retro game collection so you could have these things appraised that is very interesting I, i've been wondering about something like this because you wonder how much these old games are really worth especially if they are in good condition because yeah. you'll see them at you know stores that specify in classic games and they'll be pretty expensive like even more expensive than a playstation 4 or an xbox one game oh yeah and you look at games like stadium events uh it says here it sold for twenty three thousand pounds on ebay which is roughly about i'd say probably 24 25 thousand dollars uh, american that's a lot of money for a video game and when you buy something like that you want to basically keep it in a uh, uh yeah like just put like seal it in a vault like you don't want to touch it exactly um according to the google machine 23,000 pounds 
transfers over to twenty eight thousand seven hundred and four wow. American dollars. That's almost thirty thousand dollars for a an NES game. That's nuts. That is crazy. I would. Oh my if god! If I came That's across a stadium crazy. events at a flea market or something, I I think I would probably pass out. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. But Especially if you got it for like five bucks. But yeah, I mean, if you've got some old retro stuff laying around and you want to see what it's worth, uh, let's see, what is the name? Let me click the link. Um, it is called The Hub, and the address is hub.co-opinsurance.co.uk. And you can actually look up how much your vintage retro gaming stuff is actually worth. I'm going to be taking a look at that after we finish recording, of course. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but let's go ahead and move into this month month in video game history. (laughs) Sorry, I stepped on you there for a second. No, it's all good. Um, in December of 1987, on December 20th, Sega releases Fantasy Star on the Master System. It was one of the first RPGs to have a sci-fi fantasy setting and also the first to feature a female protagonist. Jason, have you ever played any of the Fantasy Star games? No, I did not. I remember it being advertised back in the day, but like, like I've stated before, I was never that Never really played any Sega games back then, so this one kind of passed me by. I never played it on the Master System or the Genesis. Uh, There was a Fantasy Star game for the GameCube called Fantasy Star Online that I briefly got into. Um, I had a, a group of three other friends, and we would play that, you know, on the weekends. And for like the first month or so, I was really into it. But it it didn't really hold my interest. So I know yeah. people. There are some people who love the Fantasy Star games, but I could just never get into them. Yeah, I don't blame you. It didn't really look. I mean, from what I read back in the day, it it wasn't my type of game. I'd like to go back and actually try it if I could get myself a, a Sega Master System and and Sega Genesis. But that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. And uh, speaking of that, just real quick, uh, I went to the flea market last weekend. And I found a Nintendo 64, one of the clear, the clear green ones. If you remember, they used to do the clear ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was complete. It had two controllers. It, it had the the plugins. Everything. It came with everything, and it was in really good shape. And I, I was fully prepared to pay a, about fifty bucks for it. I thought fifty would have been a a, a good price for that, in the shape it was in. And I asked them what they wanted for it. They said $140. I laughed and walked away. <sighs> and this is at a flea market. I'm like $140 for not a, doesn't even have a box. It's just the Nintendo 64. Good luck with that. So it was the system, and did it have controllers with it? Yeah, it had two controllers and like all the plugins. The AV cables and the power cable, everything. No, thank you. No, thanks. I mean, I could see maybe 60. I, I would have gone up to 60, but no, I would not. I'm not breaking 100 bucks for a Nintendo 64. Not going to happen. No. Uh, stores around here don't even sell it for that much. No, 
I could I could literally go to the retro game store that's about 15 minutes from my house and pick one up for about 60 70 bucks. Yeah, I paid 70 for mine. Yeah. But that's just the- obviously somebody trying to find someone that doesn't know what they're looking for, but that's not going to happen. It just kind of goes back to the whole thing we were talking about with the the NES Classic. People will try and price gouge to make money. Yeah, and that might have been what was happening. They might have realized that Nintendo's kind of making a bit of a comeback, so they were going to try to capitalize, but no, sorry, not happening. But um, let's move on. Uh, In 1993, and actually me and Derek discussed this before the show. We weren't sure if we covered this before because some of our news got mixed together or our... Uh, this month of video game history notes got got mixed together. So if we've done this one before, I'm sorry. Uh, but December 17th, Mega Man X or Mega Man 10 is released in Japan for SNES. And December 16th on, in 1994, Mega Man X2 is released in Japan. So did you play the, the 16-bit versions of the Mega Man games? I did not. I actually, with Mega Man, I never made it past the original Yeah. for NES. I, I remember Mega Man X being on the cover of Nintendo Power, and it looked really cool. But there were, not to sound pretentious, but there were so many other games that I was playing that I just never got to Mega Man. Yeah. And to this they, day, they look cool. You know, to this day, Mega Man 2 stands as one of my favorite all-time retro games. But I didn't play it till I was older, you know, a couple of yeah. years ago, actually. Um, but I, I'm like you. I played the first Mega Man at the time, and I really didn't like it because it was way too hard. And I never moved on to Mega Man 2 at the time. So I wish I would have tried out some of these Mega Man games to see how good they were because I've... I've heard a lot of reviews and stuff saying Mega Man pretty much had just diminishing returns after part two. So, and the 16 bit versions weren't all that great, but I would still like, if I found them, I would pick up copies of them, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not in the market. I'm not actively looking for them. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Also in 1994, on December 21st, Bungie releases Marathon, one of the earliest original non-ported first-person shooters for the Macintosh. Hmm. I'm not going to lie with Bungie. The only thing I really think about when I think of Bungie is Halo. Yep. That's what I was wondering. I wonder if this is some sort of a like a, a prototype or early version of Halo, because I've never heard of this before. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. There aren't... Well, yeah, here's a screenshot. It is a first-person shooter. Uh, it says here, Marathon is a first-person shooter video game developed and published by Bungie. The game takes place several centuries into the future in outer space and sets the player as a security officer attempting to defeat an alien invasion aboard a colony ship named the Marathon. Actually, the, even the plot kind of reminds <laughs> me know. of Halo a little bit. <laughs> I know. As no, soon that, as you that's said very that, interesting. Like, hmm. That's very interesting because I I don't really know that much about Bungie. I, mean, I know they made the Halo games and then they made Destiny for PlayStation Four, which I never played. But yeah, that that's either. that's very very interesting. Yeah, I would like and to then, go back and check it out. That would that would be cool. But 
I don't even know if you could find a a version of this now that would be even be playable. I'm sure there's some gameplay on YouTube yeah. that you can check out. And then last bit of this month in video game history, on December 24th, Heretic is released by ID Software. It's the first in Raven Software's Heretic Hexen series and also the first game bundled with Dwango, one of the earliest online multiplayer services. Yeah, I just like that else. name, Dwango. Yeah, I know. I saw that. It, it reminds me of that movie with the uh, the lizard. What was the name of that movie? Rango? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one with Johnny Depp. Yeah. I never saw that. I didn't either. I, I You know what's funny? I was actually reading a story about that movie. Not to, We're tangenting all over the place tonight. Or actually, I am. I was reading something about that movie, and um, it was actually a live-action movie with Johnny Depp and, and the actors. They filmed most of the movie before someone said, you know what would be cool if this was an animated feature? So they went back and redid it as an animated movie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, at least they had all the, the live action footage to go off of. Yeah, that's that's actually what they did. They just basically went in and animated over the original movie. That's actually really cool. Yeah. That's one of those, you know, interesting. That'd be a good trivia question. We should save that for a trivia one night for one of our shows. I'm going to write that down. We need to get you on the pop culture palette one night when we actually do one of our game shows. I think that would be fun and awesome. Yeah, do like a, like a movie trivia. Yeah, or something. awesome. Let's do that. I'll, I'll talk yeah. with the other guys and Stephanie and see what uh, see when we would want to do that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, if that's it for this month in video game history, now we go on to Derek's review of the week of... Uh, just let the music keep playing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But no, my review this week is Super Star Wars. Obviously for the Super NES, because every game for the SNES had to have Super in front of the title. Super Star Wars is a 1992 video game for the Super NES based on the 1977 film Star Wars. And it was also re-released on the Wii Virtual Console in 2009 and also available on the PS4. 
It is the SNES equivalent of the Star Wars SNES game. It features mostly run-and-gun gameplay, although it has stages which feature other challenges such as driving a land speeder or piloting an X-Wing. Now, I've gone on record in saying that a lot of games were made for the Super Nintendo that were based off of cartoons, movies, and TV shows. Mm -hmm. Most of them I was not really a fan of, and I don't really have a good reason why. I would just try it, and I'm like, this isn't anything like the the show or the movie to me. So it just, I couldn't really get into it. I think the the exception to all of those would be Aladdin. That one was a lot of fun to me, but Super Star Wars was a lot of fun. For one, you're in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. You can't complain about that whatsoever. You and it's there's really nothing that really deviates from the main plot. I mean, there are there are a couple of things that change. You like instead of Luke just buying R two and three PO, you have to fight to get into the Jawa Sandcrawler and get them. So a lot of platforming, um, a lot of shooting, the uh, land speeder and X wing levels were a nice break. You get to play as Han Solo and other characters. It, it's just a, a fun a fun little game. And it's one that, you know, I'd almost kind of forgotten about, but I actually played through that whole trilogy because they also did Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi. So you get to play through the whole trilogy. Yeah. And who doesn't love being in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> Well, like I said earlier, before we started the show, I'm glad that you picked this for this week because not only are we celebrating the release of Rogue One in the theaters, but actually I have this on PlayStation 4 and I've been playing it over the last year or so off and on. Um, Also, I still have my copy of Super Return of the Jedi for my super nintendo i don't know what happened to my super star wars and super empire strikes back they got lost along the way but these were not only were some of these some of the uh these were some of the most fun games as far as platformers for the super nintendo and pushed what the super nintendo was capable of they're also some of the hardest games in video game history like frustratingly hard but not the kind of frustrating that makes you quit playing it just makes you keep playing like you want to get further yeah and i remember i actually the only one that i actually beat was super star wars because at the time it it was really i defy anyone to be able to defeat this game without using some sort of cheat code because back in the day me and my brother were playing this game and i found a cheat code in electronic gaming monthly that gave you, I don't remember if it was unlimited lives or like 30 lives or something like that, but that was the only way that we could play through the game and defeat it because I would play a level and then he would play a level. Then I would play a level, then he would play a level. And we actually defeated the game by with with the cheat code and switching off. And this, I mean, if you can finish this game without using a cheat code, you are a hero in my book. I should try it. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm tempted because of the popularity now with Rogue One coming out. I should do this for 
uh, this week's Throwback Thursday Let's Play. I would love to see that. Because I have, um, I know we've we've talked about this off air, but, you know, starting on Wednesday, I'll have a week and a half off of work. So I'll, I'm setting aside time to just, like, I'm not doing any work type stuff on my Christmas break. I'm playing video games. I'm catching up on shows. I'm watching movies. I'm spending time with friends. Th- this would be a fun one to go back and visit because, you know, when I was... I was looking at the Wikipedia page and I even went through YouTube and listened to some of the sound bites and some of the music and just hearing the Star Wars theme and the other like iconic songs with that 16 bit sound to it. It it goes perfectly together. Yeah. And I mean, just the look of this game. I mean, the the graphics on this game are up there with um, like Donkey Kong Country. I mean, some of the best graphics the best music the best sound effects the the controls are really tight but i mean if you're looking for a challenge this is your game like the this game trilogy of the original star wars trilogy uh new hope which they called super star wars super empire strikes back and super return of the jedi some of the hardest games you can play of all time but some of the most fun absolutely and Thinking about this, and they mentioned, you know, on the Wikipedia page, there was a Star Wars NES game. There was also a Game Boy one yeah. that was just as frustratingly hard, if not harder. Yeah, I had I, the uh, had the NES game at the time, too, but I didn't like it. I never played the NES one. I wonder if it's similar to the Game Boy one. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look up uh, some gameplay of that on YouTube. Because the Game Boy one, I remember I couldn't get past like the second level. Like that's how hard it was. Yeah. And th- and that was one where I'm like, you know what, screw this. And I I never played it again. But the the SNES game, if you're a Star Wars fan, or if you're just a fan of platforming games, I would definitely check it out. You know, it's on the PlayStation 4, so you don't even have to have a, a current Nintendo system to play it. Yeah. Yeah, if you have a PS4, it's really cheap. Actually, I got the uh, the Battle Battlefront uh, PS4 last Christmas, and this game came with it for free. So that's how I've been playing it over the last year, and I can't get past like the third level. Like it is ridiculously hard. Yeah, I I wanna I wanna try it again. You should, and I want to see some gameplay of it because I'm going to laugh when you can't finish it <laughs> without using uh, a cheat code. I might have to put put a uh, explicit warning on the video because I there there's been a couple where I've dropped a couple of f bombs because I get so angry. <laughs> I don't blame you. There's a, quite a few games I've played recently that are just ridiculously hard. Uh, but that that's kind of the fun thing about the retro games is that they seem to me to be a lot harder than current games now. Well, that's why they they developed a saying, Nintendo hard, because those games were relentless back in the day. Yes. You had to Absolutely. have an unreasonable amount of skill to get through some of these games. Yeah, but uh, definitely, like I said, if you're a Star Wars fan... You know, nothing beats flying an X-Wing through the Death Star Trench. 
and trying to blow it up if you can make it that far. Yeah, that's one of the most fun parts of the game because I've only seen it once because of the one time I finished it. Because when we got done with the game, we, me and my brother were both like, Ugh, I don't ever want to play this again. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm actually no, definitely check it, it out. Go ahead. I'm looking it up on eBay to see what it's going for currently. You can actually get um, Super Star Wars SNES Super Nintendo new factory sealed. Uh, right now, the bid is at $52. That's actually not as much as I thought it would be. Uh, there's one, the Super Star Wars uh, SNES game complete. It's not factory sealed, but it does come in the box with the instructions. Buy it now, $34.95. That's actually not bad at all. No, if it's still in the box and in good condition. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, that sounds about reasonable to me. Uh, they have some here, the Super Empire Strikes Back. Uh, buy it now for $15.47. That's really good. Um, yeah. Return of the Jedi goes for $19.97, so... You can actually pick all three of these up on eBay right now if you have a Super Nintendo for under $100, all three, which is great, which would make an excellent uh, Christmas present if you could buy it now and get it before Christmas. It'd be a good last-minute Christmas shopping idea. Absolutely. But no, definitely definitely check out Super Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I... I'm, Probably one of my favorite SNES games that I played at the time, and it still holds up somewhat. Like I said, I played it on PS4, and it is really hard. And look, I'm almost 40. My reflexes aren't what they used to be, so I can't play games like this anymore too much without getting too frustrated. <laughs> so it's probably dropped a little bit on my scale out of 10. It, when I was a kid, I probably would have put it at a 10 because I did love Star Wars so much. I would probably drop it down to about a seven at this point, not because of the way it looks, the graphics, the sound, it's all great, but just because of how freaking hard it is. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to give it a seven out of 10. Yeah. So I think um, our next show, like I said, we are, we will next Sunday is actually is next Sunday, Christmas. Next Sunday is Christmas. Okay, so yeah, we won't have an episode next Monday, but on Wednesday, we are going to release the uh, the Wizard commentary. As soon as we're done with it, we're going to uh, upload it to the Lipson account, and you will get it on the RSS feed. And um, I think when we come back in the new year, I do believe I want to start the year out right with a game that I like. I was thinking of doing something that not, I don't like, but I think I'm going to come back and start off with uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Ooh, I like it. So let me go ahead and highlight that so I don't forget. Because that can make for some very interesting conversation, because I know a lot of people who are not fans of that game. Exactly. That's why I've been really wanting to do it, because it's one of my favorite NES games. And always has been. And at the time, you know, I was, what, 11 years old when that game out game came out. I, it was so different from the first game. A lot of people hated that and still hate that, that it doesn't fall into a normal Super Mario Brothers movie, but at the, or video game, I mean. But at the time, and even still to this day, I love that game so much. 
I'm not going to say it's so bad that it falls into the Super Mario Brothers movie category. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything falls into that category. Ugh. No, no, I, I, I actually like Mario Brothers 2 as well, so it'll, it'll be a good conversation. So yeah, if anybody out there um, doesn't like Super Mario Brothers 2, please, and if, even if you like it, um, let us know on Facebook. Uh, let go in there and let us know that the reason that you like it or the reason that you hate it so much. Cause I would like to actually get some feedback from people that are uh, the reasons why they don't like it or why they like it, because it is probably one, it's the most polarizing, uh, Mario game. I, at least I think. I would agree with that. So cool. Um, and Derek, I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, my friend and, um, everybody out there. Uh, enjoy your retro games. We're going to be having a little Christmas vacation. So play some retro games, play some new games, uh, spend some time with family, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, Happy Holidays. Absolutely. And Merry Christmas to you too as well, sir. Well, thank you, sir. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, ooh, that's a little loud. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to nerd uh, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Uh, you can go to Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. Um, anywhere else they would like to get a hold of us, um, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. But yeah, either of those. Oh, yeah. Our email address, nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Can't, can't forget that. So, Derek, tell them what's going on, man. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Happy holidays, everyone. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.